up a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden File series. Host Tanzan, Maggie, and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and die-hard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.25, Blackstaff, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Townsend, and I am joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. He was the most extraordinary man I ever knew. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 35. Dresden gets the truth out of Ebenezer about his title of Blackstaff and his knowledge of his mother, Margaret Le Fay. Boom. Just like that. Keeping it simple. So Dresden starts to question uh, McCoy about, with how he knows Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Ebenezer tells him Kincaid is his contemporary and they're in the trade. Okay. Apparently they know each other really well. <laughs> Ish. And for a really long time. Because he met him like, what, a few centuries ago in Istanbul? And Not Constantinople? Cross- no. no. <laughs> And Kincaid is older than he is. About a century ago, and he was already... I, it's kind of cute. He's like, well, I still had all my hair then. He was already, like, centuries older than me, and it's like, what? Which I remember sort of bringing this up before when we were talking about it, but I'm coming back to it because I can't remember now whether or not I made that point. So when they were... Dis- when Dresden is all, like, just plain vanilla mortal, and Kincaid's like, yeah. So, yes, we already established, obviously, that Kincaid wasn't, but, like, the line he specifically used or whatever is, I'm as human as you are, Dresden. Did we fall, did I go into the whole, are we then wondering if, like, Dresden has, like, some unhuman, because now we find out that Kincaid is, like, scion here. Mm -mm. He's potentially, I mean, because it doesn't sound like Ebenezer knows 100% for sure, but he's like, yeah, there's things that aren't fully, so he's, like, half human and half scion of something else. So again, is it him trying to bullshit him or is it him trying to drop a clue to Dresden being like, well, I'm as human as you are, which means that. And I mean, Dresden does have a lot of powerful stuff in him. And as we learned in this chapter, his mom was pretty fucking powerful, too. And again, we can't say that Kincaid's not just a liar. And we can't say that he's not just a liar and the whole starborn and blah, blah, blah. But again, it just kind of was bringing it back to that moment a little bit where you're like, yeah, is he just full on, full of crap, just bullshitting with Dresden at the time? Or and it's hard to say because Harry himself doesn't seem to question it at all either. He's like, all right, whatever, Kincaid. Yeah, fuck like, you. But yeah, like obviously you're not just mortal, right? So yeah, it's like obviously he's not vanilla mortal, but just as human as Dresden is. Well, again, we went through that whole. I don't know. Oh yeah, you see, Murphy is an angel, but she's not actually an angel. Oh yeah, you see, Kincaid is a devil, but he's not actually a devil. To the point now where it's like, no, he's a sky on. What the fuck are you, Harry? Right? But 
to that point again, too, right? Like, maybe Ebenezer and Kincaid and Harry, none of them know what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) Everyone you hate, he's working for this guy. He's been alive for a couple of thousand years, so he can't be human. Or he just made a really good deal. I don't know. I don't know. Because that's how it works with the Knights to Fairy, right? They just make a fairly good deal, right? Like, they're stronger, and they're aging less, and they're not as all fucked up and... Yeah. Geriatric. Because <laughs> he was an elderly man yes, when he died. You know, Ro- Ro- Ronald Rule. <laughs> yeah, Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> he was also an old man when he died, I believe, yeah. Yes, the summer night. Yeah. Wait, can I ask, because you're saying Scion, so he's changeling, so he's half mortal, half she, right? No, so changeling is mortal An example she. of a Scion. But oh, okay, I missed that because okay, yeah. So he, I assumed he was like no, yeah. He's he's saying that Ebenezer says that the fairies can breed with mortals, and that's where you get changelings. But he's saying there's other things that can breed with mortals, and Kincaid. So the scion is just like an offshoot, an offshoot, offspring, human, and something, and yeah, whatever, right? So. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say because we can use it otherwise out of right. simply okay. fantasy context. But yes. This, so, so changelings was just the example. It wasn't. Okay. Was Got one of the it. examples. But, so all changelings are scions, but not all scions are changelings. But to that point, you might then make the argument that just wizards and witches are not human. In which case, anytime a witch and wizard has a child with a human, then they're a half-breed mud blood scion. Maybe they're using the word scion super loosely. And then that's I don't why Kincaid is all like, bitch, we're the same. You're half, I'm half. Let's no, go. because the that's deal. the thing is he doesn't say, because he, he says the, the line specifically, which again, may or may not be, I mean, I don't know if we're reading anything into it, if it's just a line, but the line was, I'm as human as you are. So given now that we are exploring the context Oh that my God, he's Pinocchio. Kincaid, Kincaid, Kincaid is not, exactly. Kincaid is not Pinocchio. <laughs> <a> real boy. <laughs> he was a fucked up, changeling fairy half unicorn half behemoth monster whatever and then he like met a blue fairy and was like make me a human she's like all right bet no problem (laughs) that's exactly how that story went (laughs) yeah like eight thousand years ago when he made the deal right because she's a fairy so she knows how terminology is going to be in the future and she wants to seem hip and cool (laughs) she's the one that actually started that terminology (laughs) yeah she's influencing gen z a lot (laughs) now's her time you know what So anyways, that is my point with that is, is does it matter the specific phrasing of I'm as human as you are? It could be him just being bullshit and being like, yeah, I'm just the same. Or it could him being like, well, I'm not 100% human, but I'm as, or, but I'm as human as you are because you're not 100% human either. But yeah, Scion, I was going to spit that as whether you use it. It doesn't have to have just the fantasy connotations of being mixed with something else because we can use it in the real world too. But yeah, it's... it's. I think it's a nicer tool on, on Butcher's part. It's right. It, it brings that question of, oh, is this something we're going to come back to? you later or is it a throwaway line or right we've had this before though too it's like how much did butcher plan ahead and how much did he's like whatever i'll figure this out later <laughs> well scion and scion means a lot of things we'll, well figure and, it out then well and this is the thing right like i say i remember early on i forget exactly at what point how early on but i know you know again that he was like oh yeah yeah i got this idea for like 20 but so you knew he had a fair but like you say how much of that was specifically planned out and you can't have a hundred characters planned out and you one, can't right? you can't no that's not gonna write so i'd mean, love to see that poster board of like spider web oh my god i imagine butcher's office is literally just like the yarn and the post-it notes everywhere like <laughs> he's got like the bible and it's got like all and now sorts his of son has started it. writing so now they got a color code post-it notes and right like, now oh, i got a, your like, plot hook in my book my bad i forgot that was your note <laughs> yeah but uh 
Yeah, yeah but they, obviously, we don't know. we didn't start this podcast at book five because he only started planning things out at book five, right? There's been shit from the start. <laughs> that's the thing is, is exactly that's why it's always so hard to know. And again, always so hard in, or always so easy in hindsight, right? To look back and be like, oh, yeah, I can put that together. But like, because like even like you say watching TV shows and stuff like that, you know, and again, Buffy's a big one where you can be like, oh, whatever. I just kind of thought that was like a thing because obviously there has to be the occasional throwaway line in a and yeah, because things and yeah, exactly right. You're like, well, things just have to happen. People have to say things not, and then yeah. But then by the time you get to the end of an episode or the end of a season or the end of a thing, and you're like, that was a lot less throwaway than I took it at the time. And like, oh, so was that, or did they like, hey, now we can build on? Right? A lot of people get on my case all the time because they're like, I don't know a lot of readers, and they're like, you just talk about one book series on your podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but like, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of threads, okay? And they're like, all right. And I'm like, no, seriously, like this this author puts a lot into his books, okay? There's a lot. They all looped back around and they're like, all right. But I find now when I'm reading other books too, I'm so much more of that person who's like, but why are the curtains blue? I don't trust you anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. I'm right though. Like it's so much more prevalent now that I'm noticing it. Yeah, I know, right? Oh yeah, that character likes to draw in chapter one. That's going to definitely be a thing in chapter 20. And sure enough, we get to chapter 20 and this character being able to draw is suddenly a big plot point. Yeah, because all of a sudden you're like, there's never just a throwaway. The fact that they're mentioning them drawing obviously has to relate at some point somewhere to something. It would never just be a thing. Worse in TV shows because they're, they're, they're smaller segments, so their actions have to be more significant, so everything has to mean something. That's you, and that is the other thing I love sometimes about drawing the parallels between, like, visual media and the literary media, right? Because exactly, because literary, you can, you have to describe everything, right? So you're like, oh, there was, you know, a green willow tree, well, no, this and, is a, the, and you're like, oh, no. In TV, your characters have to be wearing shirts, right? The viewer is going to notice that, okay, he's in a green shirt, he's in a blue shirt, and he's in pants, and he's in jeans. And you don't care because it doesn't matter. People can't go naked on TV, right? But in a book, you don't have to mention what anyone's wearing until it becomes important. So as soon as they're like, he's wearing a green jacket, I'm like, what is that? Why? Who cares? Why is that important? Well, yes and no, but that's what I mean is that's such a position of sometimes exactly. Sometimes you're like, okay, these are just the details. Like, exactly, nobody's pointed. Because in the visual media, exactly, they can just have stuff, and it's up to you to notice. Like A Starbucks cup. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, but Sixth Sense, right? We're not doing any spoilers here now if we talk about this movie. And and, and it was important at the time what, like... Bruce Willis's character becomes important by the end of the movie on what he's wearing. And it's incidental enough because he changes the combination of those that never clues in. But when you get pointed out, you suddenly realize, oh, yeah, that's the same sweatshirt the whole way through or whatever. Right. And it doesn't seem. But again, because, again, you're like, well, just Shamala puts symbol symbolism like up the wazoo and yeah, many yeah, of his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying right at that point, that's sort of like her thing. Like, OK, obviously he had to wear clothes the whole time. Bruce Willis can be walking around naked is the thing that would right so but you don't think so I'm like again it, it's able to be prevalent and thing without having to point it out the same way right sometimes makes it harder because yes in books sometimes you're like well yeah he pointed out that he was wearing a sweatshirt and a pants because obviously you can't let them know any other way than by telling them they're not gonna see right so it becomes that mix sometimes of sort of how much they pointed out in a show to make you notice it and how much they rely on you to just and then same thing in a book on how much that description is because this is going to be important later and how much is simply like I have to describe everything to you because you're not here to see it you know so you're like is the fact that it's a willow tree matter or is it just a tree is a tree like he said it was a willow tree does it matter it's a willow tree could it have been an aspen tree what it was a poplar tree just the other day, me and my friends went and saw a movie. But the whole, like, the, the whole, like, cast is a little bit, like, B-list. Like, we recognize the faces, but it wasn't, like, 
top Hollywood. Hey, it's that guy, yeah. With the exception of one minor character was like a super big like face and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here, right? And he was playing a minor character, right? So for me, who doesn't give a fuck and doesn't think ahead, I'm like, la 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 la. And all my friends apparently clocked that this is gonna be the killer by the end of the movie. Cause like the only famous person has two minutes of dialogue in the beginning of the film and <laughs> never comes back again. And they basically all clocked like the big plot reveal just based off of who the casting it was. <laughs> Cause I was like, Jesus Christ guys. Like it came at the end and I was like, what the fuck was that? And they're like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As if yeah, you're yeah. gonna put the biggest name in the movie in for two minutes and then nothing else. Like, <laughs> right. Obviously, he's got to have a more significant. Right. But I was like, well, I didn't clock that at all. I just thought he wanted to be involved. Maybe see, like his nephew was the director. Or something. And this is the thing, right? Because you have like uh, Deadpool two, where Brad Pitt, who I think most of us would agree is a pretty big name, Scream, was in it for two minutes. They they top build for for Scream. They top build. Drew Barrymore and they kill her in that first first scene. Yeah, right? You know, so sometimes it's not always 100%. Like you say, sometimes it's like they want to do gag. It's Like you say, it's a gag, right? You're like, oh, they just want to or they had something in, in you know... Because the case of like Brad Pitt, though, in two minutes, you know, it's not like he was the only famous person in Deadpool 2, okay? That is, that is fair. He when was you've not got the entire cast of okay, a yeah, thousand in, famous yeah. people, you gotta kill some of them off. Fine. Oh. But you know what I mean? Yeah, fine. This is the end of Seth Rogen and all his friends. Amazing film. Whole point, kill off all the famous people. Yes. <laughs> Fair. A bit of a non sequitur, or kind of, maybe, slightly related. Have you ever seen Tusks? No. No. It's a Kevin Smith film, and it's a, sort of like a, a horror, but comedy. But I was like watching it, and I was like, what? This, this detective, because they're in Canada, and they're making fun of Canadian stuff, of mm-hmm. course. And it's the same guy that directed Clerks, so it's got mm-hmm. that little bit oh. of that weird feeling to it. Yoga hosers. They like making fun of Canadians. It's part of the shtick. Right. But they, they have a detective from Montreal and it's Johnny fucking Depp. <laughs> they give him like this false nose. So he's got this really weird nose and he's just, is, is, it, is it him? And you can only recognize him by his crooked tooth. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, see, sometimes exactly. It's like you never quite know. Is it like, is it just they thought it was funny and want to be a part or like their nephew's directing it. So they're like, here, slide me in somewhere. Or exactly. Is it a whole significant point? Please, too? Uncle Bruce R- Willis, please be in my <laughs> Well, that's funny. Like I say, I'm not usually the horror types, but I just came across yesterday that they did a remake of Watcher in the Woods. And I was like, really? I'm like, it's not the one that I know. Like, I remember that movie. Like, I'm pretty sure. But again, yeah, but I'm like, but I don't watch horror, scary thriller stuff. And I'm like, especially not when I was a kid, but I'm like, I swear this is what I'm trying. So I look up the original. I'm like, yes, this is the one I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, that's the point and that's the point. And it was really crazy. I did not know that they redid it. It's from like 1980 and they redid it in like 2017. And I have to say, I actually, and not, I don't think just for the purposes of, oh, that's the original one I remember. But I'm like, I think the original, th- they made the plot line dumber. It seemed to hold up less in the second one. I'm like, I don't know why you changed the reasons for, because... It just seemed a lot lamer. Usually is a common complaint about reboots. And yeah, but that's what I mean. Revisions. Yeah, well, sometimes because it's like, like you see, you're like, oh, it's not the one I remembered. I'm like, it's, yeah, it's not even for that. It was just like, again, I'm like, yeah, would have been better. I think I'm like, why didn't you just sort of redo the story as it, like, even if you had to update bits and pieces of it, I'm like, mm. well, you sort of completely changed the reason for the plot. And it seemed even less supportive than the first time for mysterious weird shit going on. So I'm like, I don't see how that was an improvement. But yeah, it's probably because it had like Angelica Houston and stuff in it. And I'm like, so you've now got a worse remake with, again, another like huge name in it, but. Whatever. Yeah, like I don't know. Angelica it was really. Houston. I like Angelica Houston. It was. It was Betty Davis was played the role originally. Huh. So it's a big name in it then. With she, her eyes. She, she did have her eyes in it. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> it would have been a whole other kind of horror movie without. But. Oh dear. <laughs> but yeah, it was just crazy. I was like, oh my god, like one of the few horror movies I actually know. And speaking of horror movies, Kincaid was working for Dracul. 
Dracula's oh dad. Yeah, that's yeah. a crazy Wait, recipe. Dracula? No, 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 that not, nice not that schmuck. There, by the way. Not that schmuck. I'm good at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seventeen minutes in, and we're still on the first page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt, it was all wrong. This is what we're here for: is to discuss these things and the expansions of them, and what it means in the literary world. <laughs> you know, our name is you don't, Free Flo Ramlick. Uh-huh. You don't want just a recap hey, of every episode. Hey, way to justify it. I am good just. Job. I think <laughs> yes. This is yes. what we're here for. Just figured out that both of us don't take our attention deficit medication before we record on the weekend. <laughs> makes so much more sense to me now. Details. So unimportant, people. <laughs> so part of this resume of working with Jakul, who is the father of Dracula, and obviously Ebenezer's, you know, painting him at at least like a thousand years, because I'm going to pin Ebenezer like at least 500 years. Something. Something. Okay. okay. So let's say double Kincaid's age, because why not? It's just fun. I'm pretty sure, I'm, I, and I'm only saying this because I think you're the one that put the timeline, to, or brought attention to the timeline, because you might not have done the work, but isn't, I thought Ebony is supposed to be like four something here. 400 and something? Yeah. I feel like he's in his 400s. Okay. I feel like rounding up to 500 works. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. fine I, I don't know. I Whatever. Kincaid would... is supposed to be older than him, okay? So yeah. he's older than 500 years, give or take. Whatever, fine. Yeah. Dracul's obviously got to be around for some amount of time. Yes. Doing whatever. <laughs> at, least <more> than, <laughs> at least 20 years longer than Dracula. Exactly. And apparently Kincaid is still afraid of Ebenezer. Yeah. Which is kind of, because you're like, okay, they had a thing. But exactly. And when Dresden's like, but he's afraid of you. And all of a sudden you go, ooh. That wasn't just like a, because, yeah, you're like, oh, a little tense moment, but you're right. He was like, he's not quick just to a, draw on, yeah. A cranky country coot. Well, and we had this whole, like, I told you I'd kill you if you never saw me again. That's why I haven't seen, seen me. Right? Yeah, exactly. And Dresden stepped in in that moment to be like, whoa, 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 you're both on my team and I'm in charge right now, so shut the fuck up. But you already cashed your checks too late. We look back on that and see Kincaid was like, I'm about to die. Harry's totally set me up. Oh my God. Right? Like, what the, what mild mannered little old. A bezoner here? Mm-hmm. Such a great reveal for, like, right? Come so to find out, <laughs> the wizards have had this, like, ace in the hole this whole time that, well, when our laws get in the way of our doing what we want, we have a loophole. <laughs> he is the man in black. Right? So, yeah, so if you are a wizard and you write seven deadly laws of magic or illegal laws of magic or, like, do not ever fucking do these or we kill you laws of magic... <laughs> And then the other team is like, all right, but we don't give a fuck Great. about your loss. You just tied your own hands. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, don't kill us with magic, idiot. Yeah. Suddenly, they're all like, oh no, how yeah. do we get around oh. that? I'm like an evil, villainous, nickelhead guy. No, 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 no. But nickelhead guy who, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you can kill me because I'm all, but if I go and get myself a whole mortal staff and have them running around doing my bidding, gee, that's illegal for you to just walk around and start killing them? Gosh, what am I going to do? As we've seen from Harry's point of view, happens all the time. Yeah. They all employ human staff that Harry's constantly like, well, can't kill them. I mean, just magic. That's also why he carries a gun. With magic, yes. But exactly. Yeah. Throws you out on that whole, like, yeah, which way? So, Harry's feeling a little betrayed because Ebenezer's the guy who, like, took him from this dark, twisted being evil, using magic for evil life, and was like, that's not how it is. You gotta believe in magic. Magic is pure. You gotta use magic for good. You cannot warp and be warped and blah, blah, blah. I feel blah. like you should definitely have a song insert here. I feel there was a lot about, like, magic. <laughs> I'm like, is there <laughs> Which song? So many. I'm sure there's about three or four you could choose from there. <laughs> magic. When, you know, right? Like, that just felt like she had half the lyrics there already in, in her little 
segment there that it just should naturally flow into. Well, I was going to part the hounds of hell part. Must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Or in this case, hound of hell. Mm. (laughs) So, Ebenezer McCoy, Blackstaff, title, weighty, do whatever the fuck you want, free pass. Right. That's convenient. Well, it takes somebody somebody that does have a strong sense of the rules and morality to be able to actually wield that in an ethical kind of way. To, and that to is break rules in a way. Absolutely, so, you know because I, mean, right? I do. I agree with that a lot. Like, because yeah, I get why Harry's getting pissed off because he's like, yeah, you taught me it was all about. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Should we have given this rule to Justin? What the fuck would you more have done with this rule? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So yeah, I think in that way, exactly. You're gonna take the most ethical, the most. Uh, in control, the most... Well, he doesn't want to break the rules, but he will. Look at this from just the senior council, who he's been refusing to be a part of for who knows how long, right? Yes. And the black staff, clearly not a senior-only position, because he's been doing that well before, well he, before was he was a senior member. Well before senior member, yeah. So you've got to be the Merlin, and you've got to have the senior council, and then you've got to go and give someone, essentially, just on your level of power, to, do whatever to assign the, the black staff, want, right? Yeah. Because that's... A weighty fucking role. And it's a secret role, okay? Yeah. Essentially, nobody but the senior council knows about it, right? So for them to go and secretly select one man to have almost more power than they themselves, right? Essentially. Well, he does, really. Because, again, as he says, he's like, I was given my orders. But then we also find out what's the point of being given a ignore the council card if you're not going to use it. So while they give him orders, he also has the ability to ignore those orders, right? Which is interesting because I also find that as he goes on and talks about Margaret Le Fay and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, I had my orders about her too. And I'm like, I get that. And obviously, yes, the point is, is you are there to act on behalf of the council in a lot of ways. But... It's also that very fine line because you've also shown you can just say, fuck you to the council. So do you have orders or do you not have orders? And which orders do you follow and how important? And if you don't have to follow the orders, then what orders does it matter if they can give you orders at all? Are they in control of you at all or not, right? And not only that, but the black staff position is an appointed position in secrecy. All the senior council members, those were elected positions. You get it from seniority, but the council, all those people still voted. Yeah. There was still a vote that took place. And I assume that the Merlin himself would have also gone through a vote. At some point, if not for the Merlin position, then just to get into the senior council position in the first place. Yes. Right? So, like, just even more to that effect of just, like, you're so out of bounds and out of the rules from what all of the wizards of the world are thinking that they're all operating on. Mm-hmm. Well, so, no, okay, but it's, it's senior council is elected, but not, right? Because it goes by senior. So, basically, like I say, when McCoy got in, he got in because there was nobody above him that could take the position. He was the highest one, and nobody below wanted to challenge him for it. So I don't know. I mean, would it, does it always go between the first because the Kristoff guy or whatever was supposed to be? He's like, oh, well, I can't challenge you know, him. Can't yeah. challenge him because he's older and wiser and is, you know, more deserving of the position or whatever, right? Had he, though, they don't really explain how that decision would have been made, right? Like, could anybody else below that? Could there be, like, three, four, or five of them going for that position? Well, yeah, they or, did say anyone possible just didn't show up to the meeting, right? Yeah, some of or those. But they got killed in a <laughs> raid. And looking back on it, that must have just really fucking pissed off Merlin. Like, oh, beyond. Like, yeah. Don't you Which fucking is, have well, enough power, Ebenezer? Yeah. Like, for fuck's sakes, really. <laughs> yeah, and again, yeah, not like you can say it at the time. You already have a member. Thing that I can't. You're the veto vote, like. Yeah, ugh. yeah. But anyways, right? It just makes you wonder, like, again, would would it simply have come down to like an argument with the senior council of the? They vote for Kristoff, like, and Ebenezer just kills him anyways. <laughs> 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 
You know what, bitches? <laughs> I went through this legitimate way to make you happy, but I don't gotta. Oh, oh God, you guys haven't read the Black Jewels straw. I'm just saying. That would be a fantastic reference. But yes, exactly. If you just keep killing all the then you're the only one. I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> what? Nobody else wants to? There's other checks and balances in place for getting onto the senior council kind of a thing, whereas, yes, you're right. The... And, and Henry takes so much anger against this. Like, I can't believe you lied to me. I can't believe you didn't tell me. We said a little bit about this in the last episode, too. But yeah, you didn't need to know that, okay? It's a good thing that most people don't know that, all right? His, his medicine was bitter. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what he did, like like you said, to Murphy. Like, well, it's huh? the same idea. Yeah, the most of us are all yeah, like... That sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, our government's probably doing shady things behind the scenes. There's jokes about the CIA forever and ever, what? right? And then... I thought that was just all on the internet. They don't really do shady stuff, do they? Oh, no, it's never been proven. Oh, okay, ever. good. Whew, yeah. I was going to say, I yeah. didn't think no, our it's government... Good. We're, we're, we're Canada. We've never done anything. D no, definitely. Definitely not. Okay. And you, you those Wikipedia pages are not accessible. You had me worried for a moment there, Jessica. Whew. Don't okay. even worry yeah, about no, it. No, conspiracies are all just in the movies. I it, gotcha. You know, one of our, at least one of our listeners is like, you, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, point is, <laughs> is that ignorance is bliss and you are happier and better off not knowing. And that's something should say, cons stay conspiracy theories for just the betterment of society. Okay. Right. I, I, yeah, I am so with and without, because part of me is exactly the same thing as I brought up last year. I'm like, you are so mad over, like, bullshit, Harry. Like, I get, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, stop and think if you take out, again, sort of the mystical, magical things and stuff like that. And yeah, somebody in your life who had essentially raised you or took you whatnot, in a hard took you in at a hard time, whatever, you know, familial or big brother or work mentor kind of a role that was. And then, yeah, I found out that all that shit they were spouting you is do as I say, not as I do. You'd be kind of like, Hypocrite. what the fuck? Do you? Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, but again, I as can't, you said, it has to be from an ethical person to even have the role in the first place. Yeah, Which and I think I think Ebenezer does really believe in this. He just himself isn't allowed to follow it, or is you know doesn't. Well, he does, and but this, yeah, this is the thing: is that yeah, exactly. He obviously does. I don't think any of that was bullshit. I think that is how Ebenezer approaches magic, and whether it was from day one or at least by the time he, you know, took up with Harry or whatever. Because let's face it, you can have some life moral changes. Through 400, 400 some odd years. years. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm saying he ever took it from like a dark place, but he might have become more even so to the straight and narrow whatever. He really does have to live in the gray area but to yeah, to error correct. But that's the thing is that if you are going to have that power, if you're going to be some kind of a judge or a lawman or a whatever, that yeah, exactly right. You do have a certain, you know, policeman using force when somebody else is being attacked or something like that, right? You're like, okay, well, I'm stopping you from beating this guy up. It just so happens I broke your arm in order to stop you from beating this guy up. You know what I mean? Like, right? It's, it's everybody has to. And so, yeah, and I think a lot of it here is just Harry's emotional, I mean, probably throughout the whole day. I mean, like, literally, he's been through immense physical trauma, which has drained him and fucked him up. And even though that is kind of at bay right now, it's like you say all the other yeah. whatever, right? That I'm like, yeah, I think he's just not clearly seeing any of it. And he's getting, he's getting all pissed off for reasons that and the way don't have a lot of rationale. Asking the question doesn't really help. Ebenezer explain because he's asking him very specific questions like 
if he kills, if he's killed people, of which he has to say yes to, he can't just be like, well, these are the circumstances. Let and me this justify. Is why. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me explain how that all, and it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like in the just raw, have you done this? Yes. Oh my God, right? And it's like, but yeah, but there's, well, even Harry gee, Harry, Harry, have you ever killed anybody? <laughs> even Harry himself keeps like, he was like, well, I, I justified that whole Casa Verde thing, thinking like the humans weren't in the yeah, house when you, you did you, it. It was just the bad guys just you the killed. the bad guys, and Ebenezer's like, no, bitch, be realistic. <laughs> I took down everything, yeah. everyone. Uh, I dropped a satellite on that whole area. Right. It's, yeah. No. The, yeah, okay. They're all done for. And even he kind of says, yeah, it would have been nice. I, I you know, would have been nice to separate it. But yeah, basically he's like, no, I just need to take to the s- weight of I, the, the consequences of leaving him alive versus. Because, yeah, he says exactly. He's like, he was going back to, to band-aid up and come the hell back straight for you. And mm-hmm. Ebenezer's like, nope, I had enough at that point. And, and it wouldn't have been just about Harry living or dying, it would have been a lot more casualties involved if, if before well, Tegas Even like, alive. fair is fair. They're in a war right now. Okay. Yeah, well, and he says, he's like, they took out more in the strike against Archangel than they had at any other point. And that was like the start of the war kind of a thing, it right? So now you've already taken out more wizards than ever before, and you're going to continue, and you're going to take out one of our next big players that's causing you guys some trouble and to go out, right? Like, exactly right. It's like, it would have just continued with the complete, and t- if not devastation, and definitely decimation of the White Council. Not since this war just started with Harry. In all of the history of the White Council, yeah. took out more enemies. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. This is their yeah. biggest blow ever, ever, right? So, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, we're not waiting around anymore for him to, you know, get his shit back together and try for ground two. You know, he's like, he's had his chance. We're just going to squish him. This guy got a little bit too overzealous about it. So fuck him. Yeah. Unfortunately, that means these guys are going down too. At the same time that like Harry is asking very pointed questions, I think to a certain extent, McCoy is also answering in a very guilt ridden way because he like... Like some I of that he, because I think he, he knows that he's done all these things and that, that yes, like ultimately they were for good you can't. altruistic almost reasons, kind of. He, he says not, but yes. in this chapter, before you, I trained your mother. She was my apprentice before you were my apprentice. And I did a really bad job with her. I was way too strict and I turned her dark. Way too hard. Yeah. I tried to do the exact opposite with you. So he knows when you've basically raised this guy to be on the good side of things and okay, this is what we believe in. And now you're taking down the birthday party decorations. And you're like, all right, enough of that. Welcome to real life again. Yeah, that's a harsh change. That's yeah. Okay. I think he biases his answers though. But with with he, he fucked up. Like yeah. Well, like you said, he again, fucked up. Again, when you're the but, person who's you know been painting this whole rosy colored glasses on everything, right? And then to be the one to also be like, well, okay, listen. okay. In all fairness, I don't think rosy colored glasses is the right analogy for that because I don't think that. Well, okay, but. But the of the himself. the straight and narrow the the yeah no matter the cause do good kind of a thing even when it's hard it's not always easy to do the right thing or he says very much here when exactly when they're bringing up Archangel and Casaverde and Dresden basically says he's like there's been others and he's like yeah there's been Krakatoa and a word I can't say and the other thing and he's like so help me God at least a dozen more so right there you know he he's definitely coming at it with guilt right then yeah. he's like no I don't like the fact that I have had to do a lot. And like you say, most of that will have been council sanctioned. He's just not running around on his own every single time going, I'm going to wipe out you guys. I'm going to wipe out you guys. I'm going to, you know, I'm sure a lot of that is exactly that. He's not acting until the council says, yeah, you got to do this. And, you know, he again in the moment probably has to weigh some of that to agree that, yeah, okay, time has come. Because again, obviously he does have the right at sometimes to say, fuck you to the council. But 
not a very good if he says fuck you to every time they want him to do something to you. Okay. You think the black staff is on the front lines though? Like he, he sometimes is at those moments, and it's not like he's like sitting at home and they're like, gotta go call in the big guns. Well, yeah, the council is out there at war. Yeah, there's gonna be a combination of exactly being called in to go do this, and simply you're in the middle of shit at the time, and you know, oops, I'm gonna make this. Go. I mean, I, I would say that that Casaverde was a little bit more like that. I mean, again, he wasn't legit in the fighting, but exactly, it's like shit was happening right then. Harry calls him up, is like, oh, I have this duel, and he. He's like, we'll get you out of it. And he's like, no, I can't. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to get you out of it anyways now that we can. There's this moment that I think helps fix it all and brings it, you know, tones it down for both of them when Ebenezer's like, listen, okay, one of the people I was supposed to take care of is you and I didn't. Oh, yeah, turns out when Harry got assigned to Ebenezer, it wasn't because they were trying to annoy him because he didn't... Oh, took care of. I was like, yes, he did, but yeah, you mean like... (laughs) Yeah, to kill him Take him out of the picture, take care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sent him with... They didn't send him home with Ebenezer McCoy. They sent him home with the Black Staff. Yeah. And Harry got Ebenezer McCoy. Yeah. And (laughs) he should be grateful for it. (laughs) Yeah. shut the fuck up. Which is because, yeah. You should be grateful you're only meeting the Black Staff now. Right? And you can tell that it takes him a minute because he's like, wait, you don't just send, you know, a hothead off with him. McCoy's like, yeah, exactly. Hello. And, you know, and yeah, he kind of gets that little bit like, I'm still pissed. I'm still mad. But also maybe a tiny bit of, oh, wait a second. I got a second stay of execution I didn't know about there. I gave you plenty of reasons to kill me. And yeah. Like, sure did. He's you like, were just an angry kid who'd been hurt. Yeah. He's like, what? And see, I find this mad, fuck, life, parenthood, whatever. It's all kind of fucked up. Because, right, because, okay, Ebenezer's 400 years old now and obviously Harry is not yet third so he was well on his way by the time he got 16 year old Harry don't know how old he was when he trained Margaret, Margaret Le Fay and she but again she we can, know she was at least 200s we do know that already yet she's okay so right so again so he had to be a couple hundred years old or something like that to be so I was like Again, right, you always make the joke about, you know, like, the oldest kid and, right, how the oldest kid is, like, no freedoms or so much more strict or never allowed to do this or that. And, like, the youngest kid, they're like, oh, whatever, do the other, you know, because they've, right, they've learned from their mistakes or this or that. I'm like, how hard? So, and who knows? It doesn't say here. We don't know yet if if Ebenezer had any other apprentices before or after. We're going to assume maybe not a whole lot because you'd think he would have had more data to pull from. So assuming that Margaret was his first or one of his first and he went big old strict and she went fuck you and rebelled against the whole damn thing. It was like 200 years and of watching like other people have like kids or apprentices and none of this wears off. You literally this is one of those things you never learn until it's yourself. You can learn nothing about watching like other people raise children or whatever until like you have your own. It's like 200 years old. He still didn't have a fucking clue. He still did fucking everything wrong in the book fucked her up beyond all measure and then was like okay another 200 years let me try this again okay okay harry (laughs) i don't think that many wizards are taking on apprentices okay because that's just a annoying okay you got a lot of shit to do every day and constantly having to train these like twerp ass little kids is probably not super fun even if more than dresden they're respectful Okay. Probably- and it sounds like McCoy's pretty busy on his side. <laughs> that too. Also, I feel that there is a certain level of, especially more senior and senior or adjacent to senior, is that you're just not taking on as many apprentices because you've got, you know, you know, you don't need to be doing your PhD anymore, okay? Like, you, you, and I, I you've guess, got but other again, things to do. But 400 years, he said, you know, because I mean, again, there's fine. There's not a whole lot, but there's still a fair amount. Somebody's got to be training these people. There's a lot of wizards, though, in the mid-range, okay? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just said I don't think any wizards are taking on apprentices. Kind no, of thing, but okay, I think so you're more talking. than a few. I don't think any wizard really ever trains more than, like, two or three in their lifetime. Oh, okay. okay. Is what I'm That's saying. what you're saying is in the there's whole enough they're take of them on two that okay. everyone's really only willing to do it once or twice or maybe I a third see. time then they're like all right that's enough of that 
I got shit to do. I guess it's like, potentially. Again, it's like the mid-years when you're studying for your master's, okay? You got to go be a TA for a while, all right? Your student, your teacher, you're graduating above that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I, I, yeah, I do get to a degree. Just, again, it feels like in most, I mean, like, if, if you want to look at it in terms of, like, doctors and things like that, right? I'm like, okay, fine, not every doctor works. At Residency it. never ends. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's that, but fine. Obviously, every doctor has to go through residency, but not every doctor continues to work at a teaching hospital and therefore has residents of their own, right? So I'm like, I guess it's, yeah, there's some doctors that'll have a hundred different residents and other doctors that'll never train another doctor again in their life, give or take. Other than and maybe there are know, wizards that just at, prefer to train. Yeah. Right, maybe it's a little, it's just kind of funny. It's just, again, we're talking about the usual lifetime, you know, the lifespan of a doctor is what? 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, you know? I'm like, you're a human being, you've only got so many years to, whereas again, in 400, you'd think you'd have time to... Yeah, there may even be a vocation for the wizards that is... A teaching uh, position. Yeah, Which is possible. And right, also, apprenticeship that, isn't necessarily always an orphan, right? A lot of them probably do have families, and you just come and check in every once in a while and to be like, all right, these are the laws. All right, we've oh, got yeah, a meeting no, next Tuesday. Sure. It's like the Weasleys. Yeah, it's not no. like you need to fully adopt them every time and bring them to your house and see them every no, single ab- day. Absolutely. I, I, I understand that, too. I wasn't thinking, but I mean, like you say, it, it's... You know, not every, it's it's not sort of like Harry Potter where, again, wizarding families are going to have... Academies. It, no. <laughs> <laughs> Non-stop generations. Oxford House. No, okay, but I was going to say, the the Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, both being wizards, were pretty much guaranteed to have wizard children because both of them were there for, right? Whereas, again, you can have... The com- you can have a non-wizarding and a wizard, and then again, you've got, maybe yes. you will, maybe you won't. In the Dresden Files, got- wizard is a recessive trait. In the Potter Files, <laughs> wizard is a dominant trait. Yeah. But, but is that? Yeah. So, like yeah. That. Yeah. Thank so, you. I, I, on it, square bitch. I, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, point being, so yeah, I get that exactly. In Dresden's world, there's a lot more you may or may not come from right because again as he points out with all the like McAnally buds and stuff like that anybody can start manifesting or showing signs of some kind of power at any age or stage so yeah I get some of them might be born into quote-unquote wizarding families and some of them might not and whether or not you need to be entirely trained or not but like you say I think the basic principle comes down to whoever that is or whatever that is is you all need some kind of training because that's Harry's other point is that all these people that are running around without any like the Kim Delaney's of the world you know need something somewhere whether it's their mommy or their local guy down at the pub or whatever was all but anyways i just find it yes funny that again this hyper expanded lifespan of 400 years they still can't fucking ever figure out how to like, you know it's kind of like oh nothing we're just gonna okay it's what you makes them still human right that's that's what makes the them still to... human yes i have oh, a quick question hmm. like was this mentioned before and i just didn't notice it because when he's talking like harry asks mccoy what else he's keeping and he mentions like he knew that, that the, the council knows that that Harry is the son of Margaret Le Fay. And then kind of goes through this description of how Margaret Le Fay basically give, gave two figs about council law and was they were supposed to ex- execute her and whatnot. But it mentions that at some point that she'd also been an associate of Justin Dumourne. Did, was this yeah. mentioned before? No, it's not been mentioned was before. Like, what the fuck? Crazy, fuck? right? Because that really, like puts a bit of a coloring up yeah. on, on one more figure. fucking layer right well, we learned yeah. later on Shit. too like people were expecting harry's birth right <laughs> a yes. lot of people were expecting harry's birth and a lot of people showed up at that hospital and they'd already lost <laughs> Bing. 
Like that was so, like holy shit. Like yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, I think Ooh, you're right. Is I, this I woman? don't no. think that she had this is the first, first time, time that it's been those brought up two and it's mentioned in yeah. conjunction with each other, but uh yeah, just among her And Harry himself doesn't care. Lord Wraith, Dumor Yeah, it's just I don't have time for that shit right now. I'm focusing on yeah, you're right. He doesn't even jump on the fact of like, wait, my mother knew what? It's a guy that adopted thing. me and tried to turn me in. So it's one thing to think that your mom is all hooked up with this vampire evil overlord who's got this mojo, dojo, psyche, whammo, whatever. You can forgive your mom for that because it's like, whatever. She was being totally manipulated into that. Not her fault. But the guy who adopted and abused me was your friend? Right. What the fuck? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You would think he would have... I don't Lashed know. on that a little more. But again, you're right. He's crazy. There's a lot going on. He's lost a hand. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's one of those things that where we weren't privy to that information before, but somewhere else in all his chauncey baiting little things, maybe he's sort of come across this before somewhere and knew. I don't know. Who knows? That feels like a giant. Ju- it does feel like bombshell. a giant thing, but it's like, yeah, maybe. Well, and, and maybe somewhere? just because they, they go into how Lord Wraith basically used an interbeakers to kill her in childbirth is really like, boom. Wait, it's just what? too much. And that was like the... Yeah. This guy is still alive for him to be able to get revenge on. So <laughs> let's focus all our rage there. Yeah, and yes, exactly right. Didn't Justin is long it's, gone. It's and, gone because that was Yeah, I was killed that, that asshole already. Okay, now who are you telling me is on the list? <laughs> and yeah, he goes from like zero to like 160 in. And this is again kind of a cool moment here of him all of a sudden oh, like the thing and, and right and okay. and again that background of sort of right, you can just feel like you're immersed in Harry and Harry's and you and it's you, can feel that that Ebenezer kind of from the outside that Harry, you know what I mean, and you're just like as consumed with him too. Until but thinking your mom has died from childbirth, and you can either a feel guilty about that and be like that's my fault, or you can be like okay, not my fault. That fucking sucks, but shit, shit has happened, yeah, right? Yeah. Child, that's still really traumatic and horrible, and I sucks. That that Never happened. ever got to know my to mother. To find out because... that just happenstance while she was giving birth, somebody shot her in the face. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit different. Oh, oh yeah, she that's, did. That's not quite dying in childbirth. Yeah. Yeah, that slightly changes it. Yeah, okay, she died in childbirth, childbirth but <laughs> was not the cause. The childbirth now is not. Yeah, exactly. I know. He now right. recognizes that it was a legitimate murder. Yeah, like done. So this right. was not just bad luck on the whole. This was twenty something years ago. A different entropy curse went off, and guess who the victim was? Another person our terror was in love with. So no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stop him! You <laughs> <laughs> serial monogamists. <laughs> I really did like that how how Ebenezer was able to really take control of that moment to shock him out of that rage because like we know that Harry gets mad it's bad Mm -hmm. especially when he goes blind rage right yeah which is probably something that Ebenezer's experienced before when he was supposed to kill him well yeah exactly right some of these let's get you out on a farm in the middle of nowhere so when you have these little blow ups you scare a few horses and don't decimate a village exactly right say what you want about the white council okay we do often but First of all, you're going to execute this kid. Doesn't work. You're going to send him off with the black staff. Doesn't work. And then you're going to put the chains of manacles of... The Dam of Damocles. Doom of Damocles over him, too. Like, they tried. <laughs> the manacles of Damocles? <laughs> Fuck. They tried so hard, though. Like, they, that kid was under surveillance for, like, 21 years. <laughs> they did, but it's all kind of part and parcel because the reason isn't a lot of the reason he gets out of the, the initial execution is become Ebenezer sort of coming to his... Taking him on. In the, in and then the he's trial, allowed to leave Ebenezer then, by doing the Duma Damocles instead. But yeah. still, I'm like, holy shit, like that was a 
solid five years of like. I don't think he even re- necessarily realized just how much his life was in danger that entire time. Like, well, exactly. well, this is the thing though. I think he knew because he he was well aware of the whole, but not to the extent. instant execution and Dumadamocles thing, right? But now, yeah, this is an extra layer when he finds out that yeah, you got sent his home with the head. Spot was actually his head assassin, yeah. but yeah, that's what I mean. Is I'm like, I don't think he was really under any illusions about like he knew full because this has been his whole entire bitch from book one is the fucking council looking over his shoulder, fucking Morgan. Morgan Morgan, Morgan, you know what I mean? Every time I turn around, every time I call a fairy, every time I pick my nose, Morgan is there going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? So yeah, so he's like, not only did I have all that super extra stress, but I'm like, I could have like 10,000 times more of that super extra stress. Like, just thinking, would like, even even every functional? Time, <laughs> every time you went home and bitched to your mom or your dad or whatever like that, and you're like, I wanted to kill this guy. I wanted to kill this guy. I fucking hate everyone. And that's the person who's like, yeah, I'm supposed to put you. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping track yeah. of all these. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let me just write that down in my diary real quick. <laughs> right. Well, I can't like, see why like Harry gets super fucking like upset over I, just, I, just I knowing get the betrayal. about about yeah because really like that means at any point to, to this day in this in this period in the book even that if if Harry fucks up McCoy is going to be the one that's going to Yeah, take that's him out. true. Forget so about it, Morgan not even following like, him around. Is that exactly yeah. his his father his figure, his yeah. protector father figure that saved him from all of this could have literally shown up and be like I don't know. Would that have been like a whole Obi Wan Darth Vader thing? Like, yeah. Now I have trained you and taught you and loved you, and now I'm going to chop your head off because you're still not getting it, kid. (laughs) You know, like fuck me. Yeah. Ay ay ay. Everyone stops to take a breather, and then we go and we grab our magic mind. I need a moment to refocus, draw myself in, to reduce some of the stress from this conversation. Me too. And for that, I'm going to head right over to the fridge. I'm going to grab myself a magic mind because that shit is awesome. Yeah, just a little moment to, to calm down and recollect and refocus. And something that's been helping us refocus lately is that we have been given these magic minds to have and consume. This stuff's great. Yeah. yeah. You gotta really try it. It's... It's tasty. It's it's effervescent. It's it's got matcha, which is you know probably the most popular, well-known ingredient of the bunch. Everybody likes matcha. If you've never been to a coffee shop for a matcha latte, you're missing out. But you're gonna continue to miss out because now you just need to drink this instead. Right. Actually, I mean, it's got a compound in it that prevents uh, cortisol levels from spiking, and, and you don't get a crash from it, which is great. Yeah, I like that it works alongside. It's not meant to replace your caffeine intake. It's supposed to work with it to help make the most of that in any given situation right well the bad thing about caffeine is that you always need more and more and more to make up for it the next day but with this one just one every day is enough that with it so lets you all day you can take it with you can take it without you can it's It's got neurotropics in it helps your attention span which is particularly good for at least two out of the three people in this group Why, whatever, do you mean? Poor Jess. Poor <laughs> me. Yeah, because her mind never wanders. No, I'm... Well, that's why she needs it for stress and anxiety. She has to deal with us. And I have found it to be very calming. I can absolutely guarantee that if you are a healthy and sane person, this still helps you. And if you are a crazy and Unhealthy? insane person, helps you it helps them anyways. They're still, you know, clearly <laughs> doing fine enough. If you want to give, give it a try, we do have... A link for you, magicmind.com slash McAnally, M-C-A-N-A-L-L-Y. And we've got a code for you to use, uh, McAnally20. So give it a try. It gives you a great 20% discount if you want to just give it one shot. And if you want to go for a subscription, there's some extra added bonus there, 50% off. You can stack them up together. Yeah, if you order from the next 10 days. Get all the monies off. Money, money, money. Do it, do it, do it. 
I just want to sing the Suits theme. It's called Magic Mind, guys. It goes with the podcast. It does. Yeah. Meant to be. If you're going to go out and spend money on buying yourself potions and things, this is the one to do. Start. All in the name. So Ebenezer's trying to plead with Harry, and he's like, dude, you cannot let your rage consume you. Now's not the time, and he's not the target. He will kill you. It will not work. And Harry's trying to be this all like, fuck that. I will be the guy to get it. Yeah. He's like, no, I will totally. I'm, and, and McQuaid's like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like, I've tried. I've tried three times. Couldn't get anywhere. What the fuck are you going to do, little boy? <laughs> like, right. And Harry's still just like, oh, let me. So if, if, if you had, like, like how, you know, Marvel cards has, like, ranked statuses on mm-hmm. them, if we did that for the the... the the, the Harry Dresden Wizard World and ranked these guys with these these cards. Oh, so, they've got their own card game. I <laughs> uh, oh yeah uh, yeah yeah. Well, which we have to try. Which right? So exactly. So we go. Okay, Kincaid's a badass, and we knew he was a big badass to start with. And now all of a sudden we find out he's afraid of McCoy. So McCoy, who already knew he was a badass, is such a badass that he can scare the shit out of Dracul's centuries older than him, right hand man. And now McCoy can't go after Rafe because Rafe is such a badass that McCoy has tried going after him and can't get near him and he's still and you're all of a sudden you're going like layer levels up on and you're just like these guys went from like like big badass like I don't there know there are terrifying things in they, in Harry Dresden's they, world they went from like nine foot tall giants to like 900 foot tall giants and, and, they're like what the okay but none more powerful fuck. than the fucking queens and Harry went to war with them no problem I don't know. At this point, do we know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mab had a few things to say to Ebenezer that book too, didn't she? Oh <laughs> uh, well. Were there, but yeah, exactly right. It's suddenly and but yeah, but the all tables are turning too because then Harry starts putting all this other shit together that exactly because he's like, well, Braith has been losing face and stuff like this, and this is. The other thing, actually, you talk about him taking her on childbirth is they're also like, she would have thrown her death curse. He's like, Ebenezer's like, she would have thrown it and she would have wasted it because he's still there. To which Harry Allen is like, oh, so now she's incompetent as well as evil. <laughs> but, you know, so it's like, okay, so this guy's, right? So this guy's brushing off death curses. He's staying three steps ahead of McCoy. He's, what the fuck are we dealing with here? Like, is he and he's hypothesizes. Not? Like, Maybe he's got to deal with some big old demon or god or something because that's how the juicing fuck? him up. Yeah, but no way to know. Yeah. So yeah, you go from already where you just like yeah, it's ugh ugh big, but they're all each bigger and bigger and bigger. And like every that, paragraph. But Ebenezer didn't go after Wraith until he killed Margaret, which means he's f- tried and failed three times in the last twenty something years. Is that? specific to that do, which means this is yeah. like I, uh, do we know i feel like i've know. gone after him it would have had to have been within the last like why would he have any reason to go after wraith until she got because he's a psychotic vampire lord okay but they all are you can't go after every single one of them we have to at least assume one of those attempts were after i think all three were at least since she's become his son not scion what are they thrall thrall or thrall adjacent thrall adjacent but so that's a, only a few years before Harry's born to a f- all the years after, right? Yeah. Which means this is like max 30 years old that he's tried three times and failed. I don't know. He does. It's, it's not. Yeah. I can't imagine why he tried any time before that. Okay. You can't just go after everything in the uh, world. How, how their okay. hair politics oh, but works. I'm, there, there may have. I'm just going to say, I can feel there absolutely would have been reason. Like, yeah, obviously Wraith has not been the head because when yeah. he has a conversation with Lara about it, he, you know, she's like, the Wraiths are in charge right now. So obviously, I mean, there could have been any number of reasons for whatever. So I feel like they're always trying to fuck around. Yeah, with something. because all he says is he's like, he's like, he's like, Harry, I can't let you indulge your rage. You'll kill yourself. He's like, I'll take him with me. I got a good between. 
I got out between gritted teeth and he's like, no, you won't, Haas. He's like, how do you know? I've tried three times and I didn't even get close. And you think your mother went without spending her death curse on her murderer? The creature who had enslaved her might as well ask if fish remembered to swim. So nothing in there does it specify that, right? Because he's like, I've already tried. And then your mom did with her death curse, right? Almost to me sounds like, yeah, I'd already had a shot at him. No. Her death court. That's not how I read it. I read it. I didn't have a reason to be mad at Wraith until he fucking killed Margaret Lafay. Then I tried three times and I failed. But see, even then... What what reason was he had at that point other than like, oh, she's a wizard. We only get to kill her. They were all out to kill her. So why does he care if Wraith killed Margaret Le Fay either, right? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying here. Yeah. All right, folks. I would like to go Did in the middle go? and say it is both correct. <laughs> no, it's not. It's me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think that he could had ha, could have had plausible reason. To, um, yes, he could have been all in the last three attempts in the last 30 years, but I feel like there's also potential that he could have been. Maybe we don't cut that at all because we didn't say the spoiler. <laughs> and if you know, you know. And if you don't, well, I you know we're trying not to have to cut the, I, 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 oh, I remember that part. That's pretty hard to forget that one. And Harry's whole point is all like, well, what the fuck? You don't even know her. Why the fuck are you doing this? And that's when Ebenezer's all like, well, she was my responsibility. And it all boils down to the fact that Harry's still, at the end of the day, angry and betrayed by Ebenezer. He's like, I don't care. I trusted you and you betrayed me. How dare you get the fuck out, but first fix my hand. And Ebenezer has a pretty cool trick up his sleeve, now under Harry's sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This string of pearls, beads, whatever, that's going to like, that... absorb the pain form for at least 24 to 48 hours. Hello, I want me some of this. <laughs> This, 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 the, the stones that absorb pain is yeah. pretty freaking cool. Especially considering the pain. What that, right? Yeah. yeah. So can you imagine what McCoy could do for a headache? Like, like it never happened. Back pain? What back pain? Mm. Like, man's never had a migraine in his life. Right? Well, at least not until they learned how to do this spell. <laughs> not since he met Harry. <laughs> that, that was the st- When he met Harry, he's like, yeah, oh, shit. He's I- like, let me just make you into one of these stones. I have to up my healing spell game now. <laughs> I'm going to go invent Advil real quick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the headache to end all headaches. Harry Dresden. But, yeah, fixes him up with this neat little fancy schmancy Coolie, which again, it's so funny because she comes with this paper bag and you're half expecting, I'm like, I guess he did get like some ointments. She gets like some regular like polysporin and then slaps a spell bracelet on over it just for the, you know? Infections can happen to anyone. Hey, you know what? Infection is infection exactly. You need a little bit of the old, a little bit of the new, a little bit of the... the you're not going to see a doctor for know, another day or two? A little science, a little magic. We're just best of both worlds here. We're just going to, yeah, make sure this all... And, you know, dramatic, dramatic Harry. <laughs> I don't want you there. I don't know you. I never did. I know. And I mean, He's it's especially considering he acknowledges it right here. Because, yeah, at least McCoy does have this, the... He still wants to help. He still, you know, but has the, I don't know, the courtesy or the whatever it is. Exactly. Like, do you want me? Like, I'm still on your side. I'm more than happy to back you up. I want to come help you. It is good do that you he want... doesn't force himself on Yeah, it doesn't just assume, right? It's, it's, you kind of say, like, okay, I like that on McCoy side. He's like, do you want me to? But, again, Harry's like... Five minutes ago, I would have been, hell yeah, but now my panties are in a twist and you hurt my feelings, so I'm going to say, no, I'm going up against this guy. He's told me he's tried to take out and failed that. I am now, like, supremely injured, physically, mentally, emotionally, Honestly, but Harry. no, I'm not going to take, you know what, me, Murph, we got this. It's fine. Murphy's way better than you, Ebenezer, even though you just gave me this magical bracelet that's going to suck away all my pain. At the end of the day, what's really changed, Harry? Absolutely nothing. You're just a little bit more aware now. It's just stupid. Yeah. Same, but, I mean, same as the time was Murphy's gotten mad at Harry for keeping secrets. Like, sometimes it's legitimate and it's fair. You need to grow up and deal with that. Hey, man, I guess emotional hurt, right? Doesn't always he make still needs at least clear. a little bit of time to do it. Yeah. It's still pretty Plus, wrong. I mean, you know, plot point. He's pretty right? young. 
But yeah, I was going to no. say it's, it's a slightly... I feel for Ebenezer here. I do. It's a slightly weaker moment for me on that. Like, again, if it was some other... Like, I don't know if he was just going back to the set or something even to do stuff. I could be like, right? But he knows he's taking on the next big step. He's about to go face off with the, the big bad. Yeah. And he's like, no. no. Get it. You just helped me with this whole locking down Marvel and vampire thing. And you, you dropped a satellite on someone's head. But you know what? I got this. You can do nothing for me because you didn't tell me that you do bad stuff sometimes. (laughs) You know, it's like, "Mm." yeah, I I feel like it's not quite proportional. And especially for how vulnerable Ebenezer has been here. It's not like you're going around telling everyone, okay? Presumably only the senior council fucking knows. And he was straight up. He said, you ask, I'll answer. And he has. Yeah. There's not really much he has not, like maybe he hasn't offered more detail, but he has not had to battle that. I'm happy with all his answers. It never seemed like he was like, except that one. No, not that one. Yeah, exactly. Right. He didn't have to do it at all. Like, yeah, oh, no, but he didn't, but, that's what, right but, yeah, but that's what I mean is he hasn't skimped on what he's getting right. He hasn't, like, right? It's like he is basically fully, yeah, I mean, again, there should Harry hasn't answered that he hasn't volunteered yet. That's a separate thing, and that could entirely be blamed simply on the whole emotion of the conversation and everything anyways, right? But, yeah, exactly. It's not like he's giving him half answers and, well, and still holding back and not, right? He's and knowing like, that Harry's not telling him everything? I mean, you picked up a coin last summer. Who have you told about that? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, right? Hello? Exactly, you know? And, yeah, like, all the things that you've never gone to him about or since or still or whatever. Like, hmm, what about all these little, like, back deals you keep making with people that are like... And you've said yourself, like, it's just a little bit here and a little bit there, but I really got to watch it because eventually that's where you end up with the fucking tower of them and... Right, but exactly. Is he going to Ebenezer and being like, so I kind of need a little bit of a deal with a kind of bad devil that told me some, you know, because I needed this, right? It's, it's, again, we don't it's, know much about it yet, but we have already heard a little bit about he who walks behind a few books ago, right? Harry's not yeah. told anyone about that Book shit. One. Yeah. Like, you've got your own secrets, dude. You're just such a hypocrite. Yeah. Which I remember, and I probably said it at the time or not, but I remember once that separated at some point, because I had totally read that into like part of the Doom of Damocles originally, the He Who Walks Behind, that that was like the, and then I realized, I'm like, oh shit, no, wait, there's more. <laughs> that's separate from that's still another thing hanging over. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, I, think, I think just because the first time is he mentions them right away, he's like, he walks behind time and I got the Doom of Death. So I just somehow read it as like the same thing. But yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, 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 like. Harry's got a lot. But yeah, but you hurt me. You can't. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my. Oh. But what about me? This all happened. We had a whole coworker night last week, and of course the drama all happened because the twenty-year-old who's seeing the forty-year-old, the forty-year-old flipped out and lost her shit because she thought the twenty-year-old had left him there, even though he was like standing two steps away talking to somebody else. So then she starts freaking out, and then police get called, and then the other two, the twenty-year-old, no, she just turned twenty-one on Friday, who's dating the thirty-five-year-old, oh my god, who has like an ex-wife and four kids that went back to Lethbridge now. They got into it because of, and I'm like, so by job. the end of the night when we're all trying to go, and this is all outside of work, and they're all, and I'm like, what is going on? So we figure out the one girl. I'm like, does this really matter? Like, do you, does couple B, who cares what happened with couple A? Shouldn't you be worried about like your girlfriend not there? Like, okay, their shit's done. She's taken. She's done. So why are you two still fighting about their shit? You're not even fighting about your own shit. You're fighting about their shit now. What the hell? Ugh, ugh. This concludes our episode 12.25 Blackstaff. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanalys.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Oh, 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 o